Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Many of the heroes that we have in the Bible are connected with being a warrior. Uh, Paul told Timothy to be a warrior. Joshua certainly was a great warrior. And so, you know, when we talk about soldiers and being a warrior, we're talking about a group of people who have a heart that may be a little different than the average person. And in the studio today with Nathan and myself, we have Jeff Wagner. And Jeff, is welcome Welcome first to Exploring Missions. Well, thank you, uh, brother. And it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, may God bless us. Well, we're glad you're here. And first of all, before I go into your extracurricular activities, tell us you're employed here at AFR. I am. I'm in the engineering department, and I travel the United States uh, working on radio stations, uh, doing preventive maintenance and keeping the everybody on the air. I work with uh, 12 other crew members, and, and, uh, and we have uh, an opportunity about once a month to travel and, and work on stations in different areas. Well, it's a blessing, and I can always tell when you're leaving on a Monday, you yes, got sir. blue jeans on. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you, normally, we have to wear khakis or something like that, but on, on the days when engineers are going out, they come <laughs> dress prepared, and so yes, I, I, I can know who is going out by looking at their apparel address. Yes. Sir. Well, Jeff, you do work for that, but also you're a member of military. I am. I'm a member of the Mississippi National Guard. I've uh, been with them 29 years in service. Uh, I've had a leave of absence at one point, and uh, it was after 9-11 that I returned uh, to the National Guard duty in 2003. Okay. And right now, one of your assignments is in the area of chaplaincy. It and, is. And you've been doing that how long now? I've done, been doing it since 2007, so 10 years now. Uh, and uh, I have I love it. It's serving God and country at the same time. And, and uh, I believe with all my heart that God opened that, that door for me to serve as, uh, uh, we call it now a religious affairs specialist, but chaplain assistant <laughs> works as well. Religious affairs, what specialist? Special. Well, you're a specialist, brother. I, that's, I don't know. I like I like specialist on anything, Nathan. Better than generalist, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, Nathan, when I, again, when I think of two things, the military, the admiration comes up in my mind and my heart. Uh, my dad uh, did not serve in the military because of the number of kids in his age and his vocation in World War II. Uh, he was he w- he could have been drafted yes, easily because of his age, but he had at that point in time he had uh, six children wow. and he was a farmer and mm-hmm. uh, they wanted him to keep on farming uh, and uh, so he he did that. But he had two brothers 
that were in the military during World War II, and one of them was at Guadalcanal. Wow! And uh, he was he was the youngest of of the my dad's family, and he was one of those. Co- and and I relate this just because I, I grew up hearing it. And he every time I'd see my uncle, I, I admired him. He was at Guadalcanal where the Marines rushed in, but then they were cut off by the Japanese behind them. And he lived on coconuts for days on end, weeks on end. And uh, when we had a family reunion, he did not eat the coconut pies or the coconut (laughs) cakes, I'll tell you that. Well, I thank uh, your family for uh, his service. Yeah. Well, it it is. It is a great, uh, I I think, a fantastic heritage when a family has that uh, in there. and we, as children, we grew up, Nathan grew up saying it, we're in the Lord's Army, you yes, know, sir. and uh, so we're in the Army. So being a follower of Christ and being in the military uh, of a nation have yes, some sir. things in common. They do. They have uh, a lot in common. Uh, like I said, uh, the motto of of uh, the chaplain's corps is pro deo et patre, which means for God and country. Uh, we have a specific school that's located in uh, in North Carolina or South Carolina, uh, Fort Jackson, where they train all the chaplains. And that's where I did my chaplain assistant training. Uh, and it was the most wonderful experience that I, I've been through as a military school. And so uh, I have a, a, a great admiration for uh, everybody who aspires to serve God and country at the same time. Uh, we can't proselytize, but, uh, and you don't have to have a religious preference in order to be a chaplain assistant. Uh, our job as a chaplain assistant or a religious affairs specialist is to provide uh, soldiers with an opportunity to worship in their own faith. So as a religious affairs specialist, I uh, provide religious materials, a a place, a location where they can serve or worship uh, in their own faith. I don't have to participate in that that service, but to be able to provide an opportunity. uh, We try to make it on Sunday morning, but if it's a Saturday night, uh, uh, as long as we give the, the soldiers an opportunity to worship, uh, that's part of my job responsibility. Amen. Well, Nathan, again, when I, when I hear Jeff's story and how he was in the military and then became the chaplain's assistant or religious affairs specialist, I wrote that down. Are you known as RAS? Yes. RAS. Okay. I figured that we we have to we have to put those things. Yeah, everything yeah. the military has an acrostic, right? Yeah, yes. they do. It's just part of being in the military. Again, uh tell us when I know you said you've been in 29 years. Uh you joined the National Guard at what age? Uh right out of high school. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I was not the most well-behaved person and Dad said it's either the National Guard or out on the streets. And so uh, when I took the test at the time, uh, I did real good on my ASVAB. They told me I can pick any uh, uh, occupation that I wanted to. And at the time, I became a, a field artillery surveyor, 82 Charlie. And, and through the years, I've, I've moved around from uh, Pennsylvania to California. Uh, uh, California to Texas, back to Pennsylvania, out to 
California again and then to Mississippi. And so that You've has, been in Mississippi how long now? I've been here since 1987. So you, this uh, is home now. Yeah, this is home. I've made a home here, and I enjoy it, and uh, it is God's country to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, when when you reentered after 9-11... Yes, sir. And did did that prompt you, or what, what caused you to reenter? Uh, God was tugging at my heart. Uh, I got out disgruntled uh and uh and so i didn't have a christian focus uh whenever i got out and and just god just laid it on my heart i i did children's pastor for eight years and so uh, i was discipled by the church that i was in and and god was just moving on me that i would surrender to do ministries and uh and so he he knew that i knew that uh, there are a lot of soldiers that come from all different backgrounds into the service. Some of them were forced in like myself. Some of them were given opportunities. Uh, you will do this or you go to jail or uh, other people had career minded opportunities, but not everybody in there is a Christian. So I knew it was a gr- it's a huge mission field uh, that God uh would uh, use me as an instrument to help guide along other people. Uh, unfortunately, like the National Guard, uh, sometimes people use it as an escape to get away from their families, and they don't always do things that are uh, very family-oriented uh, in their times away from their ch- their families, their churches. And so uh, I had a strong accountability uh, God, force, spirit guiding me to to help people along. Nathan, you ever heard, I got tired of being told what to do, so I joined the military? <laughs> so so uh, that's, uh, I don't know if that was the occasion or not. But let's, let's get to the ministry you're in now, a religious affairs specialist. Yes, sir. So you assist the chaplain. Uh, that is a main responsibility. Uh, Does he assign you tasks? Uh, my task is, is like I mentioned before, is to fulfill our first amendment, to give soldiers the opportunity to worship in their own faith, uh, uh, on a designated time. And so, uh, I do assist the chaplain. I'm, uh, what they call a combat multiplier where I can do several different positions. I'm an administrative uh, in a combat zone, the chaplain actually is is a non-combatant. He doesn't carry a weapon, so I carry a weapon and I provide security during operations, during services, uh, when we go out and do religious leader liaison engagements with uh, with uh, public. I'm provide security over the the maybe a uh <clears throat> maybe a uh another person of another faith uh, in order for their protection as well i'd okay. want everything to be uh, safe and secure as possible okay. as well as we have uh uh circumstances in the military uh mass cal or 
soldiers who are deployed at a, at a particular time and they go through family issues uh, and need some counseling and guidance. I help counsel those soldiers and give the chaplain an idea what these people and what their circumstances might uh, need some counseling in, some direction in, and uh, and it's just a, a wonderful opportunity. Sounds like you've been cross-trained, yes, as we sir. say it today. <laughs> yeah, so um, imagine that you're relational skills, building relationships with soldiers, even across uh, other religious faith, um, is important for you to to carry out your tasks to build those relationships. Absolutely. Uh, Your interpersonal skills uh, and just having uh, uh, the the foresight or, or just knowing that you have a purpose and and that you have something to offer and to encourage and and to to lift somebody up, uh, I provide uh, religious uh, supplies, Bibles, uh, counseling books. A lot of books that I get here at AFR ended up in in soldiers' hands, and and uh, and it's it's an absolute joy to 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 have the soldiers come back to you and say, man, you don't know how much that helped me. Okay. Well, have you ever heard there's no atheist in foxholes? I have. And, uh, you know, so with that in mind, deployment, you have been a person that's been deployed. I have. On more than one occasion or? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been deployed to the Middle East twice and, uh, and, we haven't actually been in a a, a, a combat uh, firefight. Well, praise personally. the Lord. Personally, I mean, <laughs> I praise the Lord for uh, that. Yeah. But we have been in a combat zone, and and the stresses on on soldiers are come out quickly. How long is that? Are those deployments sometimes? Yeah. Uh, our first deployment was a year and a half total. Part of it in training, uh, six months in training, and then nine months. In country, uh, the other deployments have shortened up a little bit, and so on average, uh, a National Guard soldier will stay probably a year uh, away from his fam- his or her family. So, during those times of deployment, you have to deal with your own yes, separation, yes, but sir. you're also trying to help the other guys do that. Absolutely, and and. Uh, and that's what makes uh, the ministry the uh, and to be an assistant to a chaplain uh, is so rewarding. Where you're able to use the assets that you have uh, in order to uh, complement or uh, just uh, to be able to to supply other soldiers with resources that can help them out. Do, I know they know who the chaplain is, but when he's not available to those guys, absolutely look you, look you up. Yeah, uh, a lot they of expect, them. They expect something from you as well. A lot of them call me chaplain, and uh, and and it's fine. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. Ex- I don't. I'm not required to preach, uh, but God has gifted me the opportunity to be able to share 
in the absence of my chaplain, uh, words of encouragement and, and actually break the word out and, and do a little preaching myself. So I enjoy it. Amen. Nathan, when I, when I hear guys like Jeff, I admire them because of their signing up to be of the military, how much we owe them. Have you ever heard that or saw that bumper sticker? You know, if you enjoy your freedom, thank a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we've, we got a lot to be thankful for. There is. I, I find it interesting that um, as, as uh, well, the military, the U.S. military, uh, part of, you know, the whole reason for, the, for their existence is to uh, defend the Constitution, which includes, you mentioned already, the First Amendment, which gives us the, uh, um, God gives us the, free, the freedom and the, and the Bill of Rights recognizes that freedom to worship God. Yes, sir. Uh, freely, and so not only are you doing that generally as a soldier for all of America, uh, you're defending that freedom, but you're also participating in that freedom for the with the soldiers themselves. Absolutely, that's something that we don't always think about. That um, uh, it's easy, I think, sometimes unless you have a family member that's directly uh, involved in the military to kind of think of soldiers as almost as Without emotion, without struggle, they're just, you know, they're built to do this, and uh, almost like a machine or something. Um, but soldiers have struggles just like everyone else. They have families that are uh, that they're separated from for many times. Um, can you talk about maybe some of the emotional, even spiritual issues that soldiers sometimes are faced with as they're either deployed or looking at deployment? I have friends right now that are looking at a deployment they didn't think was coming. Yes. You know, and um, I know it's a struggle for them right now. It is. Uh, a lot of uh, soldiers, uh, especially when they actually mobilize and go into another country, uh, you're isolated. You're on a base. You're uh, unfortunately not everybody is like minded, like our, uh, like we'd like us to be. But uh, there are times when... Uh, they become lonely. Uh, they become isolated. I try to get that or use this opportunity to encourage them to read the Bible. Uh, people that are not actually in combat zones uh, will have sometimes a little freer time than they normally would. Uh, they would go to their job and work 12-hour shifts, and they don't need to sleep the whole 12 hours uh, waiting for the next shift. So a lot of them will go to the gym and the physical fitness helps their resiliency quite a bit. But uh, taking an opportunity where uh, their the d- distractions are gone. Mm-hmm. You don't have radio and you don't have TV as much as other people. So there are times when you have downtime when you can uh, actually get in and uh, do a Bible study, uh, discipleship programs we offer. Uh, we do uh, uh, prayer breakfasts on Christmases and Thanksgiving. We try to put on programs that facilitate uh, family and, and opportunities. And we've done uh, barbecues and, and, uh, and showed uh, fireproof and, and try to just encourage families to to be resilient and and remember you have a family back home that loves you, that cares for you. And so uh, a lot of soldiers, uh, 
some of them plug into that, some of them don't. And like you mentioned before, some soldiers, when when the times get very stressful, uh, they they have a tendency to turn to God. And we try to facilitate that through the different services and opportunities that they have to, to worship in their own faith. I referred to this earlier, but I, I do want to read it. Paul was writing to Timothy in chapter 2 of Second Timothy, and he says, You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, and he may please, and that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now that's for all of us as believers. So if we could, Nathan, if we could take some of this training that Jeff has talked about and really apply it to our lives and see what it is, it'd be better off. I heard someone say Christians want a luxury liner to take a cruise yes, rather sir. than a warship. We need to understand that really we were built for warships, not luxury cl- cruises. Right. Now, I'm not saying anything's wrong with being on a cruise and, and mm-hmm. having a Bible study, but we really need to look at what Paul said about endure hardness. Uh, we in America have come easy believism, easy Christianity, and it's caused mediocrity to, to, yeah. to just... Uh, become a giant and I honestly believe in the church's day the greatest need is to overcome that mediocrity no, well I, I'm alright I'm alright you're alright I'm alright I totally agree um, there used to be a thought and I think it was spoken of more than you don't ever hear it now but the uh, the militant church yeah you know and not talking about physical arms we're talking about spiritual arms yes. that the church is at war um, yes, we're fighting a defeated foe, but he still has, he's taking his shots and he's, he's going down with the fight. And unfortunately the church today doesn't even know the fight exists half the time. And, yes, sir. um, so, you know, just fitting in what you were saying about, about the, the battleship or whatever. I remember hearing John Piper talk about prayer and he, he gave the illustration that, we tend to use prayer as like a um, an intercom system where we we need a little something, so we, we push the button and say, can you bring me up this or can you bring me over this? And and instead, God does design prayer as like a walkie-talkie to call in air support, you know, and mm. and uh, and that's that's the real purpose of prayer. It is. You're talking about what we used to do. We used to sing Onward Christian Soldiers, marching as to war. And uh, that's kind of been taken out of some songbooks, and a lot of churches sure not singing it anymore. And I, uh, the Salvation Army was started based upon a, the idea of military. Absolutely. And Jim Stanley, our manager here, he he was in the Salvation Army serving and doing that, and you know the rank they had. And there's some of that Nathan that needs to be brought back into to the church. Yeah. And Jeff, you're on the front lines with that about uh, being a, a, a soldier and and walking with the Lord. The camaraderie is there between soldiers, isn't there's a bond, uh, a friendship that happens, especially if you're deployed or if you're in a battle somewhere. Absolutely, uh, I I've been fortunate to have served under some of the best chaplains that the 
the military has to offer. Uh, but they have a love for people, a love for their nourishment, a, a, a love to see them grow in, in, in the Word of God. And, and, and the preaching that they've uh, done exemplifies it. I mean, expository preaching, going from one side of the Bible to others. Not everybody is the same, but I've, I've been blessed to have been in their presence, and, and it's just an honor to serve. My brother, older brother, by the way, uh, he is uh, he was in the military during the Vietnam War and he was overseas. Uh, he was in Thailand. But some of the guys that he were over, was over there with went through training with. Uh, They're still brothers today. Absolutely. And uh, they get together once or twice a year. And and these were a group of men that saw the need of growing in the Lord. And they had one guy, he was kind of the leader, and he grouped them together, and they studied the Word. Most, A lot of them married, uh, they were in a, a church, and yes. they married you know, members of that church, and they're together. So it's an amazing thing. But military life uh, is difficult, but enduring hardness together binds you Binds you together strongly, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, uh, one of the the and when we we when we go into country, uh, especially in areas that have been established for a while, uh, there are uh, a physical building that they call a chapel that we we hold services in. Not all uh, areas are the same. Uh, but we've had international services where uh, other nationalities have been present uh, that just love the Lord in a way that you've never seen it before. And, and to be in those services and to be a part of it is just, uh, it's uplifting. It's, it's something that is, is I'll never forget. Amen. Well, one, one, one group of people that we've forgotten, and the reason it were brought to me is the person behind the board today is Pat Montague, and she knows what it is to be a military wife. Amen. And uh, sometimes they have to stay home, but sometimes they've had the privilege of going to a foreign country and, and being a part of the life there. And the reason I bring that up, I want our people to join in praying for our military. Yes, please. And before you go, I want you to give us at least three or four things on your priority list that our listeners can pray for uh, you, but also the whole military. Absolutely. Well, I mean, my my wife, she's a prayer warrior. She's in Scripture every single day, and, and I know that she, in my absence she'll be lifting me up. But I encourage our listening audience to lift up our soldiers and it doesn't have to be any in general there are certain locations that you can or websites that you can go to that send care packages to our shoulders uh, that that somehow they don't get care packages or they don't get a single letter while they're in country 
uh, and just these opportunities where they know somebody is uh, thinking about them, uh, kind of like the Operation Christmas Child. You're sending out a, a box of love to our soldiers. They need our soldiers need that as well. Well, we're going to be praying for you, Jeff, that you, the brother. effectiveness of the religious affairs specialist <laughs> would continue in the chaplaincy would meet the needs of those men and women who are serving our country. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word here on the American Family Radio Network. God's on mission. Are you on mission with him?